Ben Salim, Talk Radio without the stress. Email your questions and comments to Lynn at tphcitycoaches.com. And now your host, Lynn Clark. And a good morning to you. It's uh, February 4, 2020, and uh, my sister's joining us from uh, California. Hi, Suze. Good morning. Good morning. So this is the um, the day of uh, the State of the Union address. Are you going to be watching that? No, I decided this morning that I was going to not watch. I'm going to try not to watch. I I, I, it'll be hard, but I think you know. I just well, yeah. I think our mother will probably feel yeah. like she's duty bound to watch. But See, I feel I, that I, too. Uh, uh, the man has absolutely nothing to say that I need to hear. Uh, it's either lies or nonsense. And um, I think the whole country should turn off their television sets. I think I think there's yeah. more than one way to skin a cat. And I think shunning would be a great response. Just turn off your television sets. Well, it ain't going to happen. Oh, his, his approval ratings are up. Um, I am increasingly thinking that the Democrats are so mucked up that uh, they are not going to rise to... I I wish I could pull out of this sense of total doom, but I can't. Even this screw-up in Iowa. Can Democrats do anything right? Yeah, I know. I mean, the screw-up and I, I'm so glad I decided to go to bed before they came up with the answer. Because (laughs) when I woke up this morning, they still didn't have the answer. Uh, but, uh, you know, Lynn, all we can, this is why I just sort of am in a, let's get to November, then let's just remember the same thing, which is increasingly becoming the call to arms. Just everybody vote for the same, not Trump, period. That's all we have to do. And I, and, and uh, every time I hear someone say, well, but if it's so-and-so, how can I vote for so-and-so? And and that anybody could ever think that Trump was the better answer the second time. Um, it's just not. And so we have to do this. We just have to do this. I can't believe that it's as difficult. Well, we have a – see, the thing is we have a um, – Amy, could I have my audio up a little? I'm having trouble. I don't feel like I'm hearing myself. <laughs> not that that's necessarily something I desire. But um, I just think that, again – that we are, there are too many people uh, in this country that can't see beyond their own self-interest, their own noses. And so I'm, I think what happened last time is going to happen again, that if, for instance, Bernie doesn't get the nomination, there will be a lot of his supporters that simply will sit it out. Um, and the same perhaps for some of the, uh, some of the others. Um, I just don't see enough of us uh, serious enough to realize what must be done. Um, I, I just, it's quite clear, even though we don't have the results from this uh, Iowa uh, debacle, that uh, apparently there were as many as four, possibly five candidates in double digits. That's never happened before and let's just say it's four that's only happened I think once before if that is true it shows uh, 
it shows a Democratic Party so, I mean, in so many different camps. Um, I, I think the Democrats, by virtue of being who they are, this diverse big tent party, uh, have a great deal of difficulty uniting. Uh, there are people who are Democrats who bear no resemblance to other people who are Democrats. The Republicans, it's a totally different picture. Republicans are all on the same page. What's left of their party, they are all in lockstep. But Democrats, we're all over the place. And I don't know that unification is something that's going to come easily, if at all. And I don't know if we're going to arrive at the, uh, at the right answer to take on these shameless do-anything-to-win opponents we have. I really, I feel such despair. I'm, I'm done thinking that, well, they can't possibly uh, elect him again. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We can. I'm sorry. That's no, absolutely we can, and that's why we have to not get tired, you know, at uh, 10 months before the election, mm-hmm. and we have to hang in there and just remember what we're supposed to do. The problem is, is we're all so exhausted by the well, spectacle right. and the horror of all this that it's very hard to remember that there's, that there's just one thing to do, just one thing to do. And and we all have to agree that we're going to get every one of us to do that one thing. It, 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 I, I refuse to give up, Lynn. I refuse well, to give I'm up. Well, I'm not giving up either. I know. I'm not giving up. I'm just, um, by nature, a pessimist. So I'm 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 voicing my my fears, and it's not as if they are I founded in nothing. Um, yeah. No, 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 and I and I share your fears, but I just I just insist that because I'm your sister and I have a different brain chemistry, <laughs> that we come at this from a different point of view, and that's right. to try not to get too exhausted, try not to get too desperate, try not to get too downhearted, and just remember the prize, and the prize is getting our country back. The prize is saving our country's life. So we all really have to double down because that's what we're talking about. And I do people. I, I really. <clears throat> excuse me. Do yeah, people realize was, that the uh, that that are that what we have to do is not just get Trump out of the White House. It's to reclaim the Senate, because if we put a yeah, Democrat, we got we to well, get all of those I mean, if we, non-American people out. If we if we get. Uh, a Democrat in the White House, but the Republicans control the Senate, which is quite likely, uh, nothing will happen. We will be in the same uh, state of of stasis uh, at best. Uh, I yeah, I thought Schiff, I thought Schiff said it rather well. I think yesterday when he said, you know, we've been here before. We've been in in. Uh, politicized uh, impeachments before. We've been uh, a divided house coming down politically before. What's the difference between now and then? 
And he hit it right on the head. I mean, he said the difference between now and then is the people sitting in the Senate. Back then, they actually felt they, they, they honored their oaths. That is correct. I thought Schiff was, as usual, brilliant. Uh, I heard some of his last, uh, you know, his summation, his closing argument. And um, how any person could not be shamed, how any of these Republicans could not be shamed by what he says, shows what I've been saying for decades now. They are shameless. They are incapable of it. Uh, Krugman today went after them. Yeah, I think, you know, we we had to apologize for using that term deplorable and, and for Hillary saying it. Huh. And, and you know something? They're deplorable. Yeah. This is deplorable. When you take an oath and sign a testament to that oath to show how much you mean that oath, knowing all the time that you're doing that, that you're lying, and that you have no intention of upholding your oath. I think, you know, I, I just, I don't know how those folks sleep at night. Well, they and do. when I hear their machinations, oh, I, we think we're guilty, guilty, we just don't think it rises to the level of impeachment. You mustn't think that I don't see what's in front of my eyes. I just don't feel the need to do anything about it because he won't do it again. I mean, when they, if that's what they want to do, if that's the stance they want to take, that's fine. I hope they sleep at night. I don't understand how they could. It takes a certain kind of person to play the kind of game these Republican senators play. And this is, this is Paul Krugman's uh, words. Uh, and the kind of person, he says, is a cynical opportunist, a cynical careerist. Um, I think it's worse than that, but that's what he says. And then he, you know, he, there used to be Republicans who were more than that, but they were, well, like John McCain, if he were in the Senate, no matter what you thought of him, I was up, down, cold, here, there, nowhere, but do you think he would not have been a vote for witnesses, he would have been. No, of course he would have. You think Howard Baker wouldn't have done it twice? But yes, I. He would have. But I. But these men are dead and gone. I don't think Howard Baker's dead. That's but right. It, and it, the men and the men and women that replace them are are not are not the quality of human being that those people were. They cannot rise to the task. They see no greater good. When in 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 the last fifty years we have taught ourselves that only ourselves are important, and to hell with everybody else. That's what that's from. Give me my tired. You're tired. You're poor. We've got to screw you. I'm the only person in the whole universe that counts, and I'm acting accordingly. Yeah, Krugman. Now, I get, I can't you, live that can, way. Can I? No, I understand. Krugman says, I guess you might have hoped. <laughs> that there would be some limits to what these people would accept, these Republicans, that even they would draw the line at gross, obvious abuses of power and collusion with foreign autocrats. What we have learned, however, and perhaps more important, what Trump has learned, is that there is no line 
If Trump wants to dismantle democracy, if he wants to dismantle okay. ru- rule of law, which he does, his okay. his party will stand with him all the way. Which is true. We know this. Which is why anyone who votes for any Republican is insane right now. You have got, we have got to well, crush them. You need to examine what you think your country stands for and whether you agree with that. Uh, and what it's always stood for. It's <coughs> Well, and on top of that, Willie Wood died. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a, a former Green Bay Packer of... Uh, the Lombardi era, a good guy. Yeah, Number part of, tw- 24. Part of the defensive line, right? Yeah. Wow. First first black player to be a head coach. Uh, Was he? Just a good guy. and he, Yeah. And um, to be a coach and then a head coach, yeah. He it was in the, uh, the old World Football League and then the... Uh, um, and then in the Canadian League. Oh, but not in the um, NFL. Uh, no, no, he was he an was. assistant coach for the Chargers. All right. Uh, and also, I think that was the first one. But, um, you know, he was just, he was little. He was 5'10". And, uh, and, but he was fast. And Lombardi, and he was a quarterback in college, so he wasn't even drafted. I think his whole story is interesting. Because at that time, black folks weren't allowed to be the quarterback. So um, if you played quarterback in college, no one even looked at you. Um, and he just sat down and wrote letters to NFL teams, and Lombardi was the only one that took a look at him and signed him. And, uh, boy, was he glad he did. So I'm telling you the story because one of the cute things in the obits was Ray Nitschke, who was the scariest-looking guy. Big, I mean, like, what, 6'4"? No, he wasn't, Susan. He was not. I saw, no, these guys weren't that big. They weren't like today. Nitschke wasn't. I, he, well, if he was, was more than six one, girl. I'd be surprised. I a, yeah, I. Yeah. He was scary. Well, he was bigger than. He was. Big, he was scared of Willie Wood. <laughs> he he said, "Boy, I don't." He said, "Boy, I don't want to miss a tackle because Willie gives me a look, and I know he's mad at me." And this was this big, scary Ray Nitschke who was afraid of Willie Wood just looking at him. <laughs> No, the the last time I saw uh, Ray Nitschke was um, um, at the you know the golf course, and and he looked. This was a long time ago, like a tiny little old bent over man. Well, yeah. by then he was probably that, but when I was a little uh, girl, I thought I saw our father, who was bald, as was Ray Nitschke. Um, sitting at a table in a restaurant, and I went running up to him because Dad always looked like he was a bowl, a, a golf ball on a tee from behind. He had a, this neck with this round, bald head coming off of it. And I saw that head and that neck across the dining room, and I went running up, and as I liked to do when I was a little kid, I liked to kiss him on the top of his head and give him a shock. And I ran up to his head, and I kissed him on the back of his head, and I gave him a shock. And who turns around but Ray Nitschke? Who got the shock? Ha, ha, ha. 
Did you uh, run well, screaming? I so I, I think I think I probably started crying. I, it was the most terrifying moment. <laughs> of oh, I'm sure he was nice. He was not a he was a nice guy. Oh, he gave me a big smile. Yeah, he gave me but a big oh Jesus, God. stammered oh. something about oh you're not my dad. <laughs> oh. Well, no. anyway, okay. growing up in Green Bay, folks, those were the sorts of things that happened to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, I so um, I don't know even know what to talk about here. I'm looking around at all these scraps of paper I have, and one is more awful than the next. So, could we talk about? Unless you know, if you guys wanna want us to continue to talk about whatever um, political stuff, we can. But do you have that app? Um, next, no, what is it? Uh, next door, Susan? Mm, I, uh, maybe, no, no. Well, I think it's called Next Door, right? And it, um, you join in neighborhood groups, right? And, oh, yeah, yeah, I have that, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I just didn't know that's what it, I, I think I that's what it's called. My neighborhood group in Next Chicago. Door, right, 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 right. Okay, so I forget about it a lot, but every once in a while I, I, I look. And in this time when we have such wrenching concerns, um, may, I'm trying to, I can't get over the fact that people, at least in my neighborhood, um, are talking nonstop, trading uh, posts and insults and and rage and uh, arguing about disposal of dog poop bags and literally oh yeah hundreds and, and boy are the it goes different in, in different cities it goes back and forth and back and forth and I'm um, there are people who literally think dogs apparently should not. Uh, not shit, right. Well, or pee, that they are mm-hmm. mammals who, for some reason, are not allowed to rid themselves of waste products. Um, you know, the people who put those signs up in there of a, you know, defecating dog with a with a X through it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but, right, right, right. I always say that I always smile at the person because let me tell you what those signs do. A dog looks at them, sniffs it, and pees on it. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's like it's it's an absolute pee attractor, and you know if if the owner's looking at you, glaring at me, I simply say my dog can't read. <laughs> I mean, look, they gotta go somewhere. So, people who don't pick up after their animals, I I agree, are out just disgusting, outrageous, but. People, the biggest complaint, Susan, is people are complaining that those of us who do pick up and bag it and tie it in that little ribbon um, and then see an open garbage can on our way that might be put it put it in there. Right. And then how dare you? How dare you? I mean, let me tell you what. Yeah. Let me tell you what the city of Chicago says about this. Oh, good. What? Because I my garbage cans are located in an alley in the in in the first 
uh, available place off an alley in a, an off a Chicago alley, which is off of the sidewalk. And let me tell you, everybody that has a dog bags it and walks to the first available garbage can Yours. and puts it in. Yeah. And and for I started out being angry about that. Um, and I called the city of Chicago because people are messy about it. They miss, you know, and they leave me a terrible mess to clean up around my garbage cans. That's a separate problem. But I called the city of Chicago about this. I said, what is the rule about garbage cans? And they said they are owned by the city of Chicago. Anyone may put anything in any city of Chicago garbage can. And I said, well, that's if it's sitting on city property, right? Right. If What if it's on private property? And she said, well, that's a different issue. That's, that's trespass. And I said, okay, I just wanted to know what my rights were in the situation. They don't have a right to cross into my yard to use a city of Chicago. She said, no. And I said, fine. But I'm pretty sure that that's what every city deals. They don't give you your garbage can. No, but we don't get. No, but we don't have Pittsburgh. They are our garbage cans. We don't have. What do you have? Those things where they. There's a there's a different wrinkle there then. Um, But you know what I do? I try and use public uh, public cans. There aren't enough. So if I'm in a park, the park can. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, stuff like that. because they get emptied more often than it's your just, own cans. I mean, home. people getting so worked up about such... It's bad food. Big deal. You have rotten food in your garbage cans. Who, what, what difference does it make? It's all the same thing, by the way. I, I don't know. Processed food. Yes, it's processed I food. I don't know. Yes, people get very angry about that. You don't have a right to use my can. You don't have a right to use any can. Your dog can't pee on my flower. Your dog can't, you know, do you didn't clean up all the poop. What I'm always amazed by, though, is is that it, it seems to be always only owners of these huge animals that just let that animal poop, you know, rather extravagant amounts and walk away. I can't even imagine that extravagant amounts of poop well okay. and then there are those absolutely see, she's often running souls see this is why this who is walk around yep. and pick up other other dogs poop yes. do you have you do you see people like that yeah i once did i once did but that was it anyway um let's not but see you're warming <laughs> to the topic and this is why of all the things on that next door thing nothing apparently resonates as much as people's opinions about dog shit. It's as simple as that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. People get so mad at you that they just yell at you anyway. I mean, I always pick up after my dog. Yeah. And a woman was just driving down the street and yelled at me, you pick up after your dog. And I'm going, well, you know, excuse me. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So I I will now move on from, well, I, no, I want to share an email I got, a little bit of one. Uh, well, at least you get emails again, that's progress. Yeah. 
It says you have to look on the cheery side of things. Yeah, yeah but listen ahead. to this. It says something when the best news I have heard in months is, and this is I'm quoting, that Rush Limbaugh has advanced lung cancer. I have had several. Yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. I have had several people who have suffered from cancer, so I would not wish it on anyone. Having said that, there is a Mikado-esque justice to what he's facing. There is so much a part of me that. There is so much a part of me that will say when he goes good riddance. This is always, um, I will not mourn his demise, and I'm not going to waste my sympathies. But I... There's a line between doing that and jumping up and down and going hip, hip, hooray. Yeah, I think. think Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wish that suffering on anyone. I would wish he would go quickly. Um, um, but, uh, no, I don't wish, I don't wish particular sufferings on any given person, but I will not mourn the loss of his voice. You know, let him live. Let him just not have the wind to, uh, to keep Well, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to live, but it doesn't matter. He gave rise to so many others that, uh, you know. Yeah, his, they're, they're standing in line ready to take his place. Yeah, Not his like legacy his will uh, will live on. God, and good riddance. Um, so I want to talk about one of my favorite uh, bugs, and um, that is a f- firefly or lightning bug. What do you call him? Both. You do? I think I do, too. Fireflies or lightning bugs? Yeah, it just depends on what comes out of my mouth. Yeah, I think I use both, too. I I probably usually go with fireflies first, but lightning bug comes out with... I think that's what we call them as kids. I I, I don't remember seeing a lot of them up in uh, Wisconsin, Um, but when I moved here to Pittsburgh... uh, I was blown away um, on some summer nights by the display in my backyard. And I have noted that um, those displays have dwindled. I still see them, but nowhere in the same numbers. And now I know why, because there was a study published in uh, a scientific journal that came out just yesterday and uh, lightning bugs, fireflies, are yet another species that we're, by our presence, uh, destroying. Um, not only are they, you know, the usual insect problems caused by us, uh, habitat loss, pesticides, pollution, but for lightning bugs or fireflies, when they're doing that display that so freaks us out and so wonderful it's the males signaling to the females hey baby here i am and the females answer back with their lights if they are in the mood as well so this is how these bugs uh get together and procreate and what's in the way is light pollution yeah. They they can't see each other. I knew you were going to go to that. They can't see each other. It They can't see each other like they used to. So they're not getting together. 
and they're dying out. Um, also, if they die out, as usual with these things, the food chain, um, uh, birds will lose uh, uh, the bugs that they like to eat. And, um, you know, insects, we, we so discount them. They provide so many services that we can't live without. They are pollen. No, we need all of our creatures. Yeah. So anyway, it dis also disrupts the feeding patterns of the females. Um, so there you have. Turns out there are 2,000 types of fireflies. Um, they're all in trouble all over the world. It's not just here. Um, and maybe this is a job for the for the tortoise. He could come in, do his song and dance, <laughs> and uh, and draw all the light to him. <laughs> I hope he's happy. Anyway, yeah. so I just wanted you to. And fireflies, it turns out, are, are technically a beetle. Just so you know. I, yeah, they're ugly if you uh, oh, when you see them in real person. Really? No. Yeah, you know, they're just these black buggy things. No, with those wonderful fluorescent, those little green things hanging off them. I don't know. Anyway, I. Dave writes in regard to Limbaugh, I'm indifferent to his plight, but at least he'll finally shut the fuck up. Well, <laughs> I. Uh, oh, yeah, people are writing in good riddance. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of um not a lot of sympathy pity out there. Sympathy. I know. No, because he is so It's still unbecoming. We're we're just gonna we're just going to note uh, with interest, uh and um you know. Good luck walking your road, Rush. That's as much as I can muster. Uh another email here during the two thousand sixteen election. Everyone was giddy because they thought having Trump as the Republican candidate would be the end of the Republican Party when he lost. Since the election, it has been the opposite. It is the destruction of the Democratic Party, and it has come from within. Trump will win in 2020 because of the inept lack of leadership in the Democratic National Committee or the fact that no one in the party will follow the DNC. Well, it's got to be one or the other, and or they're either corrupt and and incapable of winning, or they know how to win and we won't listen to them. Um, I increasingly or the oh. only way or the only way we lose is by sitting sitting around and punditing ourselves, you know, into into inaction. Into the old, the circular firing squad, we're going to be going after each other. But right. that's what the pri that's and what the primary system that's what the primary system creates. And some people never forgive, never get over bruised feelings, and can't can't return to the fray. Um, by the way, something interesting that did come out of the caucuses uh, yesterday is that turnout was down. Now, if Democrats are supposedly so fired up, how come there were fewer caucus goers than there were 
quite a few than there were in 2000, uh, I don't know about 16, I think when Obama ran. People were excited. They came out. I find, I think it's because they don't know, they're not, they don't know who to vote for. They don't know what to do. No, everybody's sitting home and waiting to be told who the candidate is, and then that's who they're going to vote for. And if that's what they're doing, that's fine. Just vote. Oh, God. God almighty. Okay, so while everybody's freaking out about um, the coronavirus... Again, I just want to let people know that we we never worry about the things that are that we've just grown accustomed to um avoiding or or not thinking about. And that is the flu that is here already. You know, the flu season, it's here, it's upon us. That kills that kills hundreds of people every year. Yeah, yeah, and, and thousands. Don't even bother thousands. To get your flu shot. Listen, last year, last year, no, actually, wait, uh, this year, and the flu season is not over, there have been 180,000 hospitalizations from the flu. How is that not the huge story? And we're worried because of this new... It is, actually. There have been already 10,000 deaths. There have been already 10,000 deaths this flu season and 68 children dead. And people are freaking out because, did you hear? One more person showed up with the coronavirus. And and by all accounts, the coronavirus is no worse than the thing that's flying around right now and really killing people. There'll be 19 well, million cases yes, this year. What? Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Yesterday but... we were in a room, Mother and I, uh, probably about 300 people. And a um, and there were several doctors in the room. And a doctor got up and took the microphone and said, I know you're all concerned about the coronavirus, but may I suggest that our more immediate issues are the really crummy flu and bad cough that are going around right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to tell you what to do for all of those things. Right. He, he said, if you don't feel well, stay home. People don't. People all don't. 300 people immediately started cheering and clapping. And, and then he said, and sneeze into your elbow, sneeze and cough into your elbow, not your hand. And, um, and wash uh, your and hands, wash, wash your hands, hands a lot. Often. And for at least 20 Often, seconds. 20 seconds. Right. 20 seconds and soap. And, you know, and that's it. And the, and the other thing is, is you can wear masks all you want, but if someone sneezes around you and it hits your eye, you're infected. So <laughs> if you want to wear a mask, maybe you should wear goggles as well. <laughs> and also, do not, touch, do not touch your face. Now, having said that, I defy you not to touch your face. I touch my face every five seconds. I've always got my fingers in my eyes. I'm always like, are you, anybody. And, my, and I have a finger in my mouth. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, 
So it's impossible. And and then just remember how you got over your case of SARS the last time this happened. <laughs> Wasn't it terrible, our case of SARS? Oh, yeah. Hey, we were talking about all the things. You remember that? All the things we were so scared about. Uh, we, you know, SARS, yeah, Ebola, um, killer bees. What were all the other things we came up uh, with? Uh, I don't know. I had a friend call me and say, you have to get this kind of mask and this or and I and I said, honestly, I'm more worried about a violent mob uh, ripping me apart because I'm a Jew. It's you know statistically m- more probable that an angry mob will get me than I'll die of this virus. So you know, I'm just not that concerned. I don't know about your. I don't know that either is very likely, Susan. <laughs> Seriously. No, but that because I box and I'm going to take care of myself. And oh, I have you're a gonna you're gonna very ferocious start. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh God. So, what else I got here? I'm so not inclined. Oh, did you see the Super Bowl? I did. And did 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 you already have your uh, argument about whether uh, J Lo uh, and was empowering or, or you know, a prostitute? No, well, I don't think it, she was empowering in some respects. I don't think she was a prostitute, but I am sick of people's crotches being shoved in my face. I, I was thinking more about it. I have never seen so many crotch shots of a woman on a national stage like that where in fact she would go right up to the camera and that's all we saw you know I mean if without that little strip God knows I mean it would be a gynecological exam and when did that when did we and I want you to know also that 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 would have been that would be choreographed too not for women so much I mean the men grabbing their crotches was one thing but the shots of, uh, yeah, the shots of her crotch were choreographed. I, I want to be clear about this. Every shot, it's all choreographed. Yeah. every shot has been rehearsed because that, you know, there's one thing to do the thing there in the stadium. It's another thing for what are we presenting to that massive audience on television Every shot is known, and um, that they decided close-ups of her crotch were important um, shows, I, I don't know, um, how little we have gotten away from women as impossible well, sexual objects. Well, did that. And I picked the shots. That was probably some male no. director over there. Well, but, I don't know. No, she I had to. No, I, I disagree. Totally differently to that show. I, I just, I, I just looked at Mother when it was over. I said, "Gee, that was one of the best halftime shows they've had in a long time." Um, I, I, I thought the kids were amazing. I thought the message was rather interesting. Um, I thought she was coming out and being really clear about her message of power and strength and. Don't come I loved a lot of what I loved a lot of what she did in regard to born in the USA 
um, and and the uh, you know the, the for uh, kids in cages. Was there kids in cages? What she had kids in beautiful floating cages. Yeah, singing. Uh, you know, say it loud. Um. There was a lot of that. I just said, Susan, the over-sexualization of our culture is repulsive to me. I'm sorry. And if I sound like an old fart, so be it. Would you want, I mean, seriously, for children, for little girls, hey, little girls watching this, this, again, this idea of what a woman's body is supposed to look like. You know, in well, my granddaughter was who never gets to watch TV. Was I have a movie of her standing in front of that screen in her diaper, dancing away, <laughs> shaking, shaking her little hips. I don't have a problem with this. This is I really don't. It's dance. It's celebration of a beautiful toned body. You know, I don't have a problem with that. The, the, then why can't we just look at her and appreciate her and not take away from it the fact that you're supposed to, you know, somehow... Because I'm sick of women. Listen, I am sick of women. Susan, 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 why do women have to perform almost naked? Why? What is that about? Those rappers that came in, the men... They were garbed in so much clothing, you couldn't tell if they were, you know, whatever. Why are women's bodies to be on display? I'm sick of it. Well, sick as, of I'll it. Tell you, and we've all now I, just accepted. I, I think that J-Lo made that decision for herself. No, I she lived, she worked, La, Susan, Susan. Way. J-Lo wouldn't be J-Lo if she had a normal body. J-Lo's work requires her to have that body. And she works really hard at Oh, that I body, bet so she I does. You betcha. She shows it to you. No. And she shows it to you. This you is, know, I, I mean, it is so... I don't know. No. I do not have this. No, 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 no. I I find it I I just popular culture just sickens me. It sickens me. And I too said after that show I turned to my son and said that was a hell of a halftime show. It was. But that is said in the context of what our culture considers entertainment now. And it is vile to me. It's popular uh, popular culture. But I guess that's almost always been true. What the population... But the sexualization of women... Uh, the, the women's bodies. If you think, yes, it's a little bit different than it used to be. Um, I thought I sent myself this thing that... Uh, some, I think it was in the Washington Post, some woman did write about it. Um, yeah, and yeah, said, yeah, Jennifer Warner. Um, she did write about it. And she a, comes uh, down sort of on, you know, right. like, was it this, was it that? But the fact, uh, the fact is, um, I find it just pathetically shallow. 
I, well, I mean, but the point of her article was that that you know that um, I thought she was, I thought she was very clever. She wrote about uh, there being a, uh, a like a sign at the amusement park, too hot to ride. You have to be you know this hot to ride this ride, and that women look at those people on the screen and compare themselves to them and, and see themselves coming up short. She says the old fat guy with the pot belly sitting next to me on that ride at the amusement park doesn't see any sign that says, are you hot enough to ride this? And when he's watching the football game, he's not comparing himself to those young muscled people on the ground. He's just watching it. So she, so what she's saying is just stop comparing you. That's the specimen. Oh, of so it, fa- wait, so it falls to it women. To wait a minute. You. Women are trained from day one to compare ourselves well, so let's and what, how do so men get no men that. get let off the hook although less so than they used to now you've got you know the metrosexual no, man worrying about all of his yes you right it's honest Pete. well listen <laughs> i no it is not for the women to stop it is our culture is misogynistic in every way and i'm sick of it and we get little things about, too. oh, how empowered we are because uh, this, that, and the other thing. Because, uh, you know, it, we are not. It's bullshit. We are not We've empowered. come, you know, as it's like the Virginia they, Slims as ad. Slim. As long as they sew the pocket shut on women's pants, we are not empowered. Yeah. It's one of those little things that shows that they are constantly, quite literally, saddling us with things to carry. No, it's women. Women, women don't buy pants often with pockets because it makes their hips look a little too big. We are, women are under constant stress to measure up. And those naked, gorgeous women's bodies thrust in the faces of all of us do not make women feel better they do not they make men horny they do not make women feel better they They make make us judge ourselves we judge ourselves and we are found almost to a woman wanting almost to a woman how many you know, I look at my body from like when I was, uh, you know, a teenager, and I think, oh, look, I hated every square inch of it. I was taught to. I don't know many women who don't feel the same way. That is a cultural thing that handicaps us. And now there's this new, there's this new thing that we're supposed to what? At 50, look like Jennifer fucking Lopez? No. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. But the point of that article is that your uh, your average American man really doesn't look at these gorgeous exemplars of manhood and feel any expectation that they're supposed to duplicate that. And I just suggest that one of the easiest ways to get over this kind of uh, patriarchal nonsense is just cut it out. No, no, because that puts all the burden on the woman again, living in this culture, telling her 
that she has to do something with her hair, do something with her skin, spend money here, spend money there, buy more clothes than men have to buy, buy more shoes than men have to buy, pay more to have those clothes cleaned, do this, do that. Women, no, the culture is anti-female. And I don't see women. Yes, it is. Well, right. Listen, this is just an old feminist ranting. It is, I don't get. No, no. I do the I do this all the time and I absolutely agree with you but one of the one of the ways that I have I just have changed the way I live. I don't carry a purse 90% of the time. I only buy things that have pockets in them so that I don't have to carry a purse. I don't wear makeup anymore. I don't fool around with my hair anymore. I do buy myself adornment, but that's because I like it and I enjoy it, and not because anybody's telling me to. Yeah, I. It's just I. I mean, it, it, there are there are things that we can do. Yeah, but Susan, 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 I agree. Why? Well, all I grew my stop coloring my hair. I just pull it back. I don't pay for hair, hair stuff anymore. All that kind of stuff. Yes, but I want to point something out. You and I are old women. Okay, we don't have to play this game anymore, but we sure as hell did when we were of an age. We are not looked at as sexual objects anymore by virtue of we aged out. God, women age out. That's why I, the first thing I did after that halftime was I Googled how old is Jennifer Lopez because that's the thing I loved, that that's a woman 50 years old and Shakira is 43. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, God bless them and yeah. beautiful, this, that, no. The fact is a 50-year-old woman, a 43-year-old woman in this culture, a regular woman, not a star, are discardable. Discardable in our culture. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. Well, so are most men, by the way, in our culture. Yeah. Most men. Yeah, they're interchangeable cogs. Don't don't. I mean, they men don't have it so easy, either. But wait a minute. A wait a minute. Wait a minute, Susan. Susan, is, my head's going to explode. You're the one who's on this show regularly excoriating the male gender. And now here you are saying well, male men don't have it so easy either. Humans well, don't, okay? I mean, yeah. Well, 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 well so, so well, I think it was, I don't know, in you know Sweden or uh, Netherlands, one of these places where they did this. I think we talked about this, where they did this... Um, where they removed the gender pronouns. Yeah. So that, um, and, and, and this, I mean, they did it countrywide, and, and it, so it had a profound effect on the society because when people are applying for jobs and things like that, you don't know if you're a man and a woman necessarily. I mean, they took it really to a very um, far level, and what they found out was that gender equality followed and that what followed from gender equality is that men became happier because they were less stressed. So both, I mean, both the position of being the, the enslaver, but the poor enslaver is stressed too, just like the, 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 the enslaved. Not to Look, say that I appreciate being no, the enslaved. No, a white guy, a white guy in this country, say, we'll make him 45, 
he's working a job where he is no king. He is, you know, taking it on the chin out there in the wonderful American workplace. But what does he get to do? He gets to lord it over, in general, the woman at home or the black guy, uh, you know, across from him. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not wasting a lot. It's true that there are, at the top, some white guys. And that's the truth. And there's a lot of white guys taking it on the chin. That is true, but then they kick, they kick the people perceived to be they under them, and that's women, yeah. and yeah. that's minorities. So I, yep. I just you know listen, I just want to say that I don't know. I'm I'm with the other broads that are back to pushing the ERA. I'm you know I started talking about that about a year ago too. Like that's going to help us. What, do you it. think really that makes a goddamn bit of difference? Yeah, I do. I don't. Of course. Well, it, it did last year before we, uh, before in the ensuing year, we got rid of the rule of law. It used to make a difference. Hmm. Oh, God. I might need to go away again for a while. I am just not in a good place. I'm just in California. I am doing 10,000 steps before noon most days. Well, good for you, Suze. I can barely move at the moment. Um, Well, good. And when your body's working, enjoy it (laughs) because it can stop. Um, I don't know. Poor Lynn. Yeah, I've been in a lot of pain for two weeks. Something went out. Back, I mean, the dog looks at me trying to get out of bed in the morning with a look of like, as I, you know, let out little screams trying to. I I really, some this happened to me about three years ago, and it's going to take a while. But so yeah, I'm not. I can't dance now. Um, Oh, Gigi writes, I am loving the conversation between you and Susan about women and our body images. I have mixed thoughts about the halftime show, but ultimately I am sad that this is what passes for female empowerment. It's still the same old for the male gaze. I'm sick of it. By the way, I recently found pants with six pockets. And they're nice. <laughs> yeah, my, you know what? Yeah, I am wearing, two you know what? Cushion. I am, the size, right? look at this, I am wearing, yes, um, a top, I am wearing my pants, I don't have a pocket on the top, no pockets, no pockets, it's not, and, and men, can you imagine that, hmm, this is what women deal with, jeez. Well, I absolutely now, I will say, I no longer buy clothes that don't have pockets. I just don't. Uh, I love that your daughter's wedding dress had pockets. Whoever heard of a wedding of dress with pockets? Yeah, it had pockets. Um, oh, so Milton. That's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. They were big yeah. pockets, too. So, um... Milton. Who would think po- pockets are political? But I'm telling you, pockets yeah. are a symbol 
of our enslavement. Pockets are political. You go get yourself a pocket, girls. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Milton has sent us this. Um, actually, gender-neutral pronouns can change a culture. So he says this. Wait a minute. I want to make sure I've got it all here. So this was the real test. Would native speaker Swedes, seven years after getting a new pronoun plugged into their language, be more likely to assume this androgynous cartoon was a man? Oh, I'm not seeing the cartoon. Um, well, okay, a woman, either, neither. Now that they need, had a word for it, a non-binary option, would they think to use it? And they did. Not only did the Swedish speakers use the non-binary option to describe the, let's face it, non-binary human, but I guess so it's just a, a you know, it's a representation of a person, right? But in other surveys, they, right, they right. deployed um, the hen as well as han, but the feminine hon too, to describe people in stories when their genders were not specified. Now, it's true the researchers don't have a comparable test uh, from before 2012, so this result is, uh, whatever he says, merely suggestive. Still, though, this word has no biological associations. It's from scratch, and it's performing the way some proponents argued it would. These language changes can nudge people in directions some folks find worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. the implicit promise, promise of letting people choose their pronouns and of having some of those pronouns be connected, disconnected from gender. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the, uh, the other day, and I can't remember what set it off. Um, can you imagine? What do you mean? I mean, most of our lives we lived in a world in which you were either a man or you were a woman. We do now know that there are lots of in-betweens and neither here nor theirs. But that was right. And, and, that was and never yet, true and uncomfortable yes, for a lot of people. Can you right. imagine? So now we're becoming aware of how many people didn't comfortably fit in that you're either this or you're that. But I do understand if you are somebody like me, who was born into a body that feels, even if it's not J-Lo's body, that feels like the right body. That if you're a cis person <laughs> born into a body that seems like who you are, then it is hard to imagine what it would be like to not quite feel either male or female. Um, and... Some cis folks need to be better at trying to imagine that. Right. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean that yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know. And um, it's been, you know, I've struggled with it. I'm getting better. I have someone uh, very important in my life who definitely is uh, fits into this in-between thing, and I've watched them uh, struggle, struggle, and, and uh, they have told me about the struggles of uh, being supposedly a woman but always feeling like a boy, 
it's hard to, you know, we used to say, oh, she's a tomboy, maybe, but maybe she was not quite a she. And I don't know. It yeah. would make sense it with Billy. It's like everything else. Yeah, it's not, it's complicated. Just think of the fact that there's billions of human beings in the world and billions of other animals and insects and that there should only be two categories that that all of them fit into is laughable if you understand the complexity of nature. And it's never, ever, ever been thus. I mean, you know, history is rife with, you know, celebrated sexual ambiguities. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's, it's been there forever. Yeah. So to suddenly be surprised and say it's unnatural, it's, it's, really? Oh, boy. Uh, Kurt, writing from Palm Springs, says, why do women need pockets? You've got purses. But then he winks. He gets it. We've got purses because we don't have pockets. Um, he says, I'm in Palm Springs. Where's Susan? She's in Rancho Mirage, right next door. Right. Right next door. I'm oh. I'm I'm around, <laughs> not carrying a purse. <laughs> I just get so tired of you know. I purses cause back problems. They cause, you know, they 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 they, they make you carry around more stuff than you need. Well, they you fill them are up something to forget. They are something to lose. They are something to spend money on. There are they something when you want to find something in it, you yep. can't. I know. Women right. of the world, unite. Go ahead and find your keys in that great big purse. Or find your glasses in that bag. Or your telephone. You know the telephone is in the purse. You hear it ring. You're the one you who told me to buy this minutes. purse. You. This is that coach bag you told me to buy. About 100 years ago. Unlike you. I, I don't carry a purse. Why me 100 years ago? <laughs> Look at it. It's all, it's chewed up. I, I you know, whatever. Anyway. Sue's, we're out of time. Well, listen, okay, listen to me now. Throw out the coach purse. Get yourself some pants with pockets and wear, you know, and wear a fleece with pockets, and you're set. You don't need anything. You got your phone. You got your wallet. You're fine. I sometimes will stick my keys in my bra. I stick things. Ow. No, it's nice and red. <laughs> no, it's a fob, you know, so you just stick it in there. My, I know. When I stick things in my bra, they fall out the other side. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right, you. Thanks, Sue. Okay, bye. Bye. See you guys tomorrow. Bye. bye. Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.